Damon. Welcome to Jackson Cloud. I was muted, but I'm Jamin. I'm Casey. And I'm Olivia. And, well, I should just restart it over. I'm lazy. Uh, We're going to move into our fifth of seventh. Our fifth church. The fifth. Thank you. We're moving into the fifth church in the letters to the churches of Revelation. Guys, we're in Revelation 3. Revelation 3. It's only taken us 50 episodes. No. Wait, wait, wait. No, hold no. on. We went through two in like three episodes. Four. Four episodes. We did first chapter in about 20-something episodes. But Revelation 2, we did in two episodes. And you want to know something else? Revelation 3, we'll do in three episodes. See, you thought this was going to take forever. Pretty much, yeah. If only you had endured with patient endurance to the end, you would have known. Wait, you mean I didn't endure with patient endurance? <laughs> the we church were here, weren't we? We okay. did a doer. I did Photoshop you guys in. That's why you're so quiet in these episodes. Oh, okay. See, I thought I talked more in the last couple than I usually do. Yes, you did. Yeah, all about yeah. Jezebel. I haven't been able to make any good jokes, so it's been <laughs> it's been lower for me. Uh, Revelation 3. And to the angel of the church in Sardis write the words of him who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. Who is that? Jesus. What was that statement? The seven stars yeah. from... Well, it was the opening. Yeah. Okay. Hi, in case he's classic. Oh, yes. Okay. It's the hello. Yep. Yep. And actually, that's one of these... Did he use that one with Ephesus? Yeah. Seven stars in his right hand. But yeah, he's... <laughs> he's reusing material. John's reusing material now, yeah. He always starts with a description of Jesus saying hello from chapter 1, and then... The Yelp review. The Yelp review, correct. I know your works. You have the reputation of being alive, but you're dead. (laughs) Ouch. Oof. Does that feel familiar, though? Like, that's... That's hard. This is why... That kind of hits home, yeah. Yeah. A lot of us have felt that before. A lot of people especially feel that in the pandemic. Uh, really, Revelation could be very encouraging the pandemic because there's this constant just be faithful, just keep going, don't give up, don't give in. Um, but then this applies to how a lot of people are feeling these days. I know your works, you have the reputation of being alive, but you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains, uh, and strengthen what remains and is about to die. For I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Oof. Remember our last church was told to uh, um, keep my works until the end? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to keep doing the work of God, whatever yeah. that might be. And then in this one, like, these ones are, uh, seems like they have the reputation, like they do the works. But not good enough. Well, not that exactly. Like, they, they're probably doing actual works. But, well, does this hit home again? I mean, I'm trying to think of... Lots of people who are just constantly in the flow of doing things at church, trying to get on top of everything. If there's an event, they're there. And then you find out that they just crashed because there was a whole bunch of stuff underneath they weren't taken care of, didn't care about, um, or something just switches in them and it's like they become a different person type thing. Or they're doing all these works in the church because they want to be seen doing the works, but Mm. then you find out about their home life. Which would be similar with Pharisees, is that they walked around trying to get attention for their works. Like Jesus, Jesus really <laughs> makes them look hilarious. Like, ah, you gave money to a homeless guy and then blew your trumpet. Everybody, look what I can do. <laughs> you know, like, 
that might be similar to this. But Jesus calls them out. Like this could be like this could be a church in your community, wherever you live, where you're like, oh man, I've heard of all the crazy things that these people are doing. They just work so hard. What if Jesus has a word for them? Like this one was like, yeah, Sardis. Everybody knows what you've been doing, but I see. I see the intentions of the heart and I see what's really going on inside. And I have not found your works complete in the sight of my God. Actually, um, this makes me think of the workers of lawlessness passage, which is Matthew 7. This, this passage is one of the most convicting passages in the whole Bible of uh, mm. people who seem to be doing the right things but aren't led into heaven. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. On that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, do we not prophesy in your name, cast out demons in your name, do many mighty works in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. So the idea is like their lives are really full of sin. They're not actually pursuing God. There's no relationship. Um, but at the same time, and the most interesting thing, they seem to be operating in gifts of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> I know people will take this passage and be like, no, 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 it's a false prophecy. It's false casting out demons. It's false mighty works. Jesus doesn't tell them that they're pagans he just says like yeah i've seen the spiritual gifts you've done but like underneath that there's nothing there uh, for me that that feels similar to what's being said to sardis yeah you've casted out demons you've healed the sick you've maybe done a few justice events helped out with feeding people those kinds of things but underneath um, your works aren't complete because underneath there's this whole element that that's just completely missing. But it's not like a condemnation of too late, sorry, you're all going to die and that's just the end. Instead, he does what he does to the other churches. No matter how intense the churches have gotten so far, it pretty much always goes this route. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. Right? Like there's still time. If you will not wake up, though, I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. This is this part's fun, right? Uh, can you think of other passages where that comes up? Thief in the night type stuff. I mean, it's a phrase that I feel gets used very often. Yep. Revelation 16, behold, I'm coming like a thief. Matt 20, Matthew 24, 43. Uh, um, know this that if the master of the house had known in what part of the night the thief was coming he would have stayed awake and would not have let his house be broken into there's a few more first thessalonians second peter so yeah that's already a common jesus statement like you don't know when i'm coming i'm coming like a thief in the night but you want to know what's super interesting about him using this against sardis hmm. this this is a geographical thing that's interesting so this is have you ever been to a church where there's a guest speaker and they show up and they're like so i was asked to preach here and i decided like 
kind of like spiritually map your town. Figure out what God prophetically wants to say to you based on what your town already has. Have you ever heard anything like that? No. I've heard something similar, but yeah. What was that like? Do you remember the details or no? No. Okay. Uh, so if you were to try to spiritually map out Jackson, what would be the things that you would call attention to where we live? I know where you're going with this. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, or should I say, if there was a famous, not famous, if there was a traveling person that knew nothing about your town, was looking for things to like spiritually map you out, what might they say? Darkness. I mean, in what way? Like where? What is the thing? <laughs> well, like, didn't, I mean, I know we were talking about this, you know, a little earlier where like, you feel a weight when they enter Jackson. Oh, yeah, I had a friend that would just, like, feel like they had to throw up when they get here because they're so sensitive to the spiritual atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, that's intense. Um, when people do these kind of prophetic words, they would call attention to things like, uh, as I Googled you, I learned that you have a the biggest prison in all of Michigan type thing. <laughs> so I went to a church one time, and they had a guest preacher who was like, I was Googling to figure out, you know, a word for you type thing. And so I tried the biggest prison. And, you know, it's fine when you're saying it from that perspective, but you know when you're the person who lives there, you're just like, don't you talk about my mom that way? You know, like, <laughs> sure, I have a prison. But you, talking about but you don't get to talk about my prison. You know, it's like, but also, it feels a little out of touch because you're like, yeah, it's on the other side of the highway, you know, like, <laughs> it's technically in our county or city I guess but we don't think about it much it's hidden <laughs> um, it's just you know somewhat kind of next to a school yeah. you know no big deal uh, I went back to the same church I had a guest speaker a few weeks later and a guy was like so I was thinking I'm praying over your city what might I say and I found out you have a prison <laughs> I, was like, I know <laughs> stop bringing it up <laughs> I want always- you to see me for me <laughs> I'm not not just my a prison. prison. <laughs> not just my prison. I'm bigger than my body. Yeah, okay. Uh, anyways, that is a technique that sometimes gets practiced today. And as much as I would like to be like, how dare you? It's not entirely wrong. Because <laughs> like things like that, like a lot of dark stuff does happen there. And when dark stuff happens, a, a certain kind of atmosphere does develop develop that is that is partially how the kingdom of darkness works what is going on one of our group chats is blowing up (laughs) apparently my phone's not on mute it normally is and i'm sorry (laughs) well um in this particular case i think john's doing that sardis uh sardis was a city that was on a um, more or less kind of on like a a mountaintop all right so 1500 feet above the floor of the valley uh, barely connected to the mountain range like this place is when you think of safe you're thinking Casey's already gonna go there like this is Gondor like this is this is a place that you're not really gonna be able to get in 1500 feet above the floor of the valley okay so uh, it's 
It's a strategically built place. It's impregnable. Right. Just like when we play Fortnite, we always want to get the high ground so that we can see down upon the other people to shoot them. Olivia started playing Fortnite last week, and we haven't heard the, the last of it. Um, okay, you guys have been pressuring me to play Fortnite for, what, two years? Yes, we kept waiting for you to join us. You came at the end. Not the end. I'm not done. <laughs> you will never be done. You have kids. It's true. Yeah. Um, but this, this thing's impregnable. Like, if you wanted to get into that, like, someone would have to scale the back wall, break in, cause chaos, let in the army from the front, things like that. So, no, no, yeah. This is Gondor. It was already messed up at the top. Oh, okay. And the guy burned and threw himself off the edge and oh. flew flying down. Sorry. that When you, like, talked about the big wall, I just thought of, mm, wee. Okay. The guy burning. Sorry, anyway. <laughs> they had to scale the volcano first, Casey. That's true. Basically, if you wanted to get in there, um, you'd have to come like a thief in the night or something. See where I'm going with this? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so when Jesus is like, I'm coming like a thief in the night, not only is it like, that's the only way you could get in here, but it happened once. There was one night during the reign of King Croesus. The invading Persian army found a way in. Someone greatly daring got up part of the sheer cliff and managed a surprise attack because nobody was expecting it. The result was all the more devastating. And then Cyrus, the Persian who features in various biblical stories as well, conquered Sardis, Sardis in 546 BC, a never-to-be-forgotten moment. Though Sardis remained an important city, the lesson had been learned. That's N.T. Wright right there. And other commentaries like to call attention to this too. Sardis, this is the Jackson prison of Sardis. <laughs> Coming like a thief. Oh, not again. <laughs> like, that, that would strike a chord with you. Yeah, I remember that one night like that. We were... We all remembered that. We night. were all done messed up from that. Yeah. Just imagine someone scaling that to like try to break in from behind. It's just it's crazy. But we just... Jesus calls it out. I'm coming like a thief. They would have totally... They would have thought of their own history, right? And the next few churches that we see, they all get a little uh, little Jackson prison moment like this. Mm. <laughs> and they're all very intriguing. I will come like a thief, and you will not know at what hour I will come against you. Yeah, we get it already. <laughs> we remember. <laughs> Yet you still have a few names in Sardis, people who have not soiled their garments, and they will walk with me in white for they are worthy. Walk with me in white. You remember that? We yes. talked about that in a previous episode. What walks in white? Jesus. Jesus. And think of I the... think angels. Mm -hmm. And Gandalf. Well, Jesus, transfiguration, Jesus in white clothes in the beginning of Revelation, right? But now it's the extension to humans to also walk in white, which means to be like Jesus, mm -hmm. to almost take on our own resurrection type transfiguration if you will or to be like the angels who are also thought to be clothed in bright shiny clothes that we too become like spiritual beings uh walk with me in white for they are worthy so there's some in sardis who who uh some in sardis the works that they're doing are legit and jesus sees them too so some of them can pick up thor's hammer since they are worthy sure casey whatever you need to geek yourself out here. 
Thor's hammer would be connected to Zeus, which is connected to Satan. So you're messing with Revelation, because we've already seen all that, but sure, sure. Um, There's I your mean, imperfect analogy. Fine, but it was funny. <laughs> uh, but then the one who conquers will be clothed in white garments, right? How do you get clothed in white garments? By conquering. How do you get to that point? You die. You die. <laughs> Not necessarily through always through martyrdom, but that's going to continue to be a big theme throughout this. And I will never blot out his name from the book of life. We're going to see the book of life resurface later in Revelation when God pulls it out and tells us who gets in. And I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. So that's like a, that feels kind of like jury-like again, you know, like Jesus saying like, this is my daughter with whom I am well pleased. This is my son with whom I am well pleased. Uh, or sorry, uh, yeah, well that or good and well done, good and faithful servants, right? Uh, so I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. And that brings us to the end of Sardis. Any thoughts or questions? No. Thief in the nights. Poor Thor. Sneak into our Discord like <laughs> a thief in the night. I don't like that. <laughs> And then sabotage it by hacking it. No. Change all the moderator privileges. No. This is the analogy no. you were going with. No, I, I meant like Jesus. And see if you can rob me of that first comment on YouTube. And we'll see you later. <laughs>